0: Welcome to episode 22 of the Sheffield Digital Podcast. I'm Ian Broom, and I'm only here for this introduction today, as I was away having 10% holiday and 90% problems with my car when this was recorded. And so I shall pass you on to directors Mel Canarek and Chris Diamond, who kick us off by interviewing Richard Motley, director of Integrate Plus, a not-for-profit social enterprise consultancy. He's also the former head of the Cultural Industries Quarter Agency. In part two, Mel and Chris will take you through all the usual gubbins, including the latest news and events in Sheffield's digital sector. And that's it. I'll leave you to it. Hi Richard. Hello Chris. Um, You've been involved in placemaking for the creative and cultural industry for a long time in Sheffield. I mean, We've known each other for a long time and that's what you've been doing since I've known you and I know... You go back quite a few years before that. Um, you're head of the CIQ agency, which I believe was founded expressly to establish the cultural industries quarter in the city.
1: It, it was well, uh, well, it was formed um, primarily to drive the, the more productive phase of the cultural industries quarter. Okay. Once um, the strategy
0: had been established. Yeah.
1: There was a, there was a strategy evolved in the, uh, uh, late 80s, mm-hmm. um, and then was progressed a little. But the uh, key uh, idea to drive the quarter was some, from a, a report called EDOR, a set of consultants. Right. And the agency came over as a stakeholder organization. But we'll touch on Yeah, that. yeah. And so this was what, early 90s, I guess? This would be, right? um, late 90s. Okay. That finally emerged. Oh, right. So it um, took a while to, that, to establish that. Yeah, and the... we, we've been in existence since about 99. Okay.
2: And for people who don't know, where is the Cultural Industries Quarter? good <laughs>
1: well, point.
2: It's, we're uh, sitting
0: in it. Well, we're <laughs> sitting in it. Um, the,
1: uh, it's the area around the railway station. Um, Hallam, it forms one boundary uh, going up um, Howard Street um, and runs over to Decathlon along Air Street to so that area and Mary Street and yeah. all that sort of area. So that sort of
0: along Paternoster Road Paternoster Row,
1: Brown Street, all those sort of uh, areas, Brown, Brown Street. Yeah. Um Arundel. I'm glad. What's <laughs> well, getting on a bit. <laughs> um but essentially it, it's that area um that um can be characterized by a lot of old cutlery works mm. and yeah. um old uh, garages um, Kennings Autoways, Hadfields, uh, which are now very much different in their uh, contemporary guise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, Kenny's office is the showroom workstation. Yeah. Uh, Autoways becomes site gallery or untitled site gallery. Yeah. And Hadfields is uh, a waiting um, well, access space. Yeah. Um, but that ultimately will be demolished as part yeah. of the one of the latter uh, development sites for the... Yeah, for the, and
0: then there's Matilda Works that became well, part of the UGC, Works. Sydney Works. Sydney Works.
1: Yeah. Um, well, that's where I first came into the quarter in uh, 1984. Right. Um, as what was then a community programme. Um, I just finished my degree at Salter Lane, History of Art, Design and right. Film, occupied the building after two weeks of uh, starting, um, endured the Falklands War and then... Uh, popped out during the recession one of the worst recessions um, even 2008 in yeah. terms of job losses
0: yeah
1: um, so as a student experiencing a cutlery works um, of people who are just coming together creating their own space you know building um, to make art or craft yeah. um, was, was an exciting opportunity, especially for a history of art student. Yeah. what the hell to do uh, in terms of the job market that was confronting Sheffield at that time.
0: So, I guess it was quite an institution, wasn't it? Um, Sydney Works, who was, a, well, it was yeah, occupied
1: Yorkshire, for I mean, quite a long time. Well, Yorkshire Art Space had yeah. still been going on um, since 1977. Oh, so right. it had been in, um, if I remember in now what's called Devonshire Quarter. Right, yeah. Um, And then it moved to Sydney Works, if I remember, in the early 80s and used a lot of sweat equity and sort of uh, people there, some of which are still with Persistence Works in the new site, uh, just just a little away from it. But the key thing about uh, that building, um, once, Yorkshire Arts, um, once Yorkshire Arts had vacated it and moved to the wonderful building yeah, Clegg designed, yeah. uh, polished concrete, yeah. architecture, etc., um, it laid vacant and was frankly caught up with a lot of government changes and ownership issues. But essentially, it gave some space for ideas around the university uh, technology college to emerge, the German Deering, and um, who was the other guy? Um, There was Deering Report and uh, two... two, Baker. Yes. Ken Baker. Ken Baker. Ken Baker was the Education Secretary uh, during the factory years. That's right. um, Brought in the idea of apprenticeships and this sort of transitional uh, space for people to still be mainstream education, but needed a more vocational and industrial Activity, yeah. and of course, the UTC was being looked at as a, an opportunity, and um, we were desperate. I was desperate. I actually took the principal and said, "Look, this is the site. Yeah. You don't even know what the cultural industries culture is about. It's all about making. Yes, and it's all about production. It's all about engaging with new technologies, innovation, and creativity. Because that's yeah. what they were there. That's yeah. why we did it. That's why the city did." the Cultural insights quarter,
0: yeah. Not, um, that's why it's there, not at the AMRC, essentially. Yes, basically. Yeah. Um, and now it, that same building that was so anarchic and such yeah. a site of creativity, well, of course, the anarchists in those years, yeah, yes, the anarchists have the, literally those, took those it over. Tourist
1: <laughs> phases of that building, yes, and uh, it was great to see it actually re engage with its past. Yeah. to actually have a contemporary use, which is about shaping and, and uh, engaging
0: with young people to yes. develop now it's, new skills. It's the home of the Creative and Digital Media yes. course, yes. or oh, specialism yes. within the UTC yeah. now.
1: And that's the why old we we're part of the building.
0: desperate to get young
1: people into the the general area mm. uh, of the cultural industries and to uh, enliven it again, mm-hmm. uh, because we're talking about some considerable years past from the original idea... Mm. Was formed, and it'd be interesting. Uh, perhaps it's worthwhile just rooting the history of the CIQ, Why, why, why it was there?
0: Mm.
1: Mm. Um, why did Sheffield City Council engage with a geographic area? Uh, didn't call it Devonshire Court. Didn't call it, um, you know, a, a name. It called it and a trading activity, the cultural industries. Yeah, um, and it was there really around engaging with the new opportunities around what was then. Uh, Emerging around the audiovisual media, um, yeah, Red which, Tape Studio, Red Tape Studios, um, looking at uh, how you could actually get the producers of tomorrow out of the unemployed of today. And mm. at that time, there was the city was going through fundamental change. It was it was above average European uh, employed employment city uh, in the late seventies to one in the early 80s and mid-80s mid where, you know, thousands of jobs have been lost. It was way, way below where it was. And it had a status, self-esteem, as well as employment problems. Mm. And that that was the 80s for Sheffield. They yeah. had to think about what well, the, the, the Monty years. Yeah, well, <laughs> in, in a sense, <laughs> that becomes the caricature. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, the Fulmonty does is- acknowledge the spirit mm. and the ethos behind... Uh, having to rethink the unimaginable when skills are gone, mm. uh, trades and manual uh, dexterity and, and uh, skill levels are just being deserted and just abandoned. And um, what was the city to do? So it looked at culture and cultural industries, the audiovisual side rather mm. than the craft and the arts, the visual arts. Didn't want to know that at mm. that time. Mm. That comes later. But there was a, a you know a, an aspiration to get back to things like. The idea of making and producing the quarter was about production. It wasn't about consumption. It wasn't mm-hmm. about observing. It wasn't, it wasn't retail. About retail. It, wasn't, it entertainment. wasn't about museum culture yeah. or galleries or those things come much later as as perhaps we become a little bit more sophisticated in our sense of what the knowledge economy will be ultimately become. Yeah. So it's rooted in economic development. It's rooted in a time when the city had a clear or sort of a capacity. To do coherent economic development, and I think, to some extent, um, the uh, end of the Channel Four. Mm. Um, debate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the relocation yeah, to Leeds yesterday. is a signal of Sheffield's long retreat mm. from from that sort of ambition, mm-hmm. where you actually had the commissioning editors of Channel 4 opening the Audiovisual Enterprise Centre, which Red Tape formed part of, and the independent film, and the bringing of the Untitled Gallery from Walkley and, mm-hmm. and the film group, and the idea of clustering and co locating, and all of those things that perhaps we take as glibly, as reality, yeah. um, was actually forged out of public policy and directed and nudged and, and enabled through um, a local authority's economic development function, saying we need to create jobs and what are the conditions for that? And mm-hmm. I think we've lost a little bit of that, I think. Um,
0: and mm-hmm. although Yorkshire's benefiting yes, from China. Yes, I mean, uh, we're, we're now... I mean, obviously, transport yeah. is an issue, but we're in between Leeds and Salford, Yeah, you know, essentially. There's so take advantage it. of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I think um, Channel 4 coming to Leeds can actually be an extremely good thing for mm. Sheffield. Mm. All we have to do is just step up mm. and be noisy, make ourselves visible, you know, get a party bus and drive up to Leeds and and, and that kind of thing and, and there are plenty of people here in Sheffield who could really benefit yeah. and plenty of things that Leeds doesn't have at the moment that where we could fill the gap yeah. rather than just sit back and let Leeds find its own way to do that so I'm quite keen to see a lot of jumping around and and uh, engaging with Channel Four, and, and there are a few agencies in the city who I'm sure will lead that because they've got existing relationships. So,
1: no, it no, yeah. needs to be happened. And, and uh, Sheffield has, and certainly did, have a strong presence around independent production, mm-hmm. and. Um, that's only accelerated through things like Walt films and yeah. the work that they're doing. Um, but I, I think there has been erosion of the base, is, mm. it, the diversity and depth to that base. Yeah. Uh, and I think a coherent support around things like the South Yorkshire Film Network and others, yeah, yeah. you know, who've carried on almost um when plugging away yes Mm. um when when infrastructure and investment and networking support mechanisms were lost because i think the recession did this is the 2007 Mm. eight nine recessions basically unwrapped a whole lot of um sector specific uh support Mm. um because in effect you know, film production and radio and all these other media production things needs nurturing, needs a base, needs to be mm. encouraged, the skills, all the things that needs to develop a, a trading and, and a sector-specific um, response was unravelled mm. at that time. And I think there's been a bit of a gap in terms of sort of an enabling framework. And I think that's partially been... Um, and this is not because i'm here i think with the um sheffield digital uh, the trade you know the work that you're doing around that sector and uh, the digital sector and the creative guild mm-hmm. i think were very very important i think the most singular important um but it's not quite right i felt but certainly as a positive was the setting of the cultural consortium for the city because mm-hmm. it started to Send out a, a signal again. Sheffield was prepared to engage with the external world with mm. some coherent thought and mm. coherent uh, proposition. And behind that was obviously the failed bid and the city of culture, yeah. uh, which Belfast, um, um, not uh, Londonderry got. Right. Derry. Right. Yeah. Was <laughs> um, Got in 2013, I think. Yeah. Um, so
2: Richard, I'm, I'm interested. You were talking about the role for policy making mm. and economic development policy making to look at what the cultural industries very broadly defined can bring and also what they need do you think there is it one two questions really the first is should the public sector be stepping back in and taking a policy approach to the cultural industries and secondly In your view, do we have the right skill set in the city in order to come up with the right kind of policy?
1: (laughs) Very good question, Mel. Um, uh, Well, I do think there has been erosion of capacity and and I do think there's been erosion of fully engaging with... I mean, one of the good things about the past was that the past was actually engaged with the sector to create the right instruments because they actually... um, they, I mean, the, the Department of Economic Development, to understand the sector actually got people to be seconded, to work with them right. as part of the council. So it wasn't the council yeah. having the arrogance to say we know the answers. Mm. It was the humility and the enabling of the council, which was not typical of that time.
0: Mm. Yeah. So they did capacity
1: building in order yeah. to make better well, policy. well, themselves, yes. yeah, you know, themselves, reverse yes. for themselves yes. as well as... Um, encourage producers to say they actually could fashion and shape what economic investment they would require in order to make the film or the radio or the sound engineering or whatever it studios for human league and all those sort of things. Mm-hmm. What was the uh holistic approach and what bits that they need to bring? So I'm I'm I only slightly you know I I think for the last 10 years that's been quite uh, a hollow it's like a donut frankly yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously a lot of people were uh, shaken out of the system in terms of employment mm. and redundancies and mm. retiring there's always that and what i didn't see was the churn back no. the young coming on the, the the experience being passed on as it were and i think that's the re- that's why i was talking about the re- glorious retreat in effect that <clears throat> that that culminates in Leeds being the city, mm. rather than Sheffield being the city, which it should have been, given the yes.
0: early investment and, and the head started. Exactly, yeah.
1: and and it had up until the mid-noughties, a, a broadly, I wouldn't say it was unchallenged, mm. but broad, broadly, um, you know, sense of travel, uh, direction mm. of travel. Mm. And that was unravelled. Whereas the same arguments that you made, Mel, about saying the opportunity for Sheffield because when the BBC went to uh, Media City in Salford, the same arguments were made. We should see that as a great opportunity for Sheffield. We've got the independent skills. Well, exactly. Well, (laughs) I'm saying is at what point can the practitioners do it and get on with it and what's, what are the barriers for that to happen? Because, mm. you know, you're involved in making and doing things in the sectors. Um, what, are, what are the barriers for that? And I think it's consistently a consistency and enabling and m- making sure there's a positive framework, you know, from the UTCs upwards, yeah. um, business mentoring, business support, investment in. But those programs are only starting to rematerialise as we know austerity is on the way out Um, it's over it's over well austerity's
2: over yeah yeah, we all believe that don't we (laughs) comprehensive
1: spending sure i heard that the other day (laughs) but i mean yeah there's real real implications for the opportunity around leeds Mm -hmm. and i felt though the projection that sheffield made for the their own bid the the video and the festival. um I thought was a positive thing. The civic engagement with the university has been a positive thing over the last five, or six years. Um, but somehow or other, it, it wasn't, it didn't have the traction mm. um, to the external perception. It's like Sheffield's a well-known kept secret. Mm. We've all heard that phrase. So I think there needs to be some honest analysis as to why Sheffield wasn't ultimately able to mm. step up to be even a creative hub mm.
0: That Bristol and Glasgow were right. secured. I I wonder if Sheffield, if the strength of Sheffield's bid had something to do with them choosing Leeds over Birmingham. Obviously, yeah. Birmingham were the front runner. Everybody was kind yeah. of expecting them to go there, but they ended up going to Leeds. Well, maybe they went to Leeds because Sheffield is only an hour's commute away. Mm. That's a very generous interpretation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and we could analyze this and and pick it apart for ages couldn't we, we could. i think there's there's so many factors that I, happen yeah. behind I, closed
1: doors I, but I thought I, it was incredible i thought it was really good the projection the actual yeah the spiel know, the, the pitch mm. to it it was disappointing that it wasn't um able to move beyond yeah the uh, presentation
2: and i i do think that's an issue of capacity yes Mm. um because you just look at the resource that leeds council and leeds city region were able to throw behind it Mm. um which then enabled some large agencies to really get behind Mm. it as well Mm. and that gave them um a sense of critical mass whereas here we had you know our our nice uh Punchy, ballsy little video, and mm. and and that kind of thing, and some good things to say. But, it, but there was no, it, there was no heavyweight follow through. It was
0: it, it was always a project rather than a program. Yeah, it, it was well, you know, and it's right not to related point. to a deep strategy. I think, obviously, you know, the city has devolved you know a fair amount of its strategic economic thinking to the region, and you know, really, the region has has a strategy which is a global innovation corridor, and. You know that's what they concentrate the resources on, and a lot of lip service is paid to to creative industries, to digital industries. The conflation between digital and creative industries is constantly made. Cultural industries doesn't really get a mention, yeah. even though we know from report after report how important it is for attracting investment um, and talented people. Um, it's 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 hard to see how these previous strategies and these these in, in you know there's... there's yeah, how to see them translate into tangible policy that that stands up alongside all the effort that's going into promoting the global oh, innovation not, corridor and development that, of the advanced manufacturing sector. The
1: policy framework isn't being crafted by people who are actually immersed in the in the sector that you're trying right. to encourage. That's right. And the the, the, humi- the humility, the reverse understanding, uh, isn't obvious, mm. and it's become. Um, the the men in suits, as it were, inverted commas, doing traditional economic development, Um, which is great if you're a a shed maker who likes grey paint and you're out in a transition area near a bloody, excuse my language, but essentially a dual carriageway on the way to the motorway network. I mean, that's that's the regeneration story of the old school uh, decimating the Orgreave Greve history and the people 's you know response to that, which you know uh, has become mythical in some regards but tragically political and mm-hmm. dangerous in others and um, so we we build the oldest form of innovation uh, business district on the edge of a city fueled by um, the car serviced by the car and yeah. <laughs> creating the space. Not for creative innovators, uh, not the thing that Bruce Katz would see as the most innovative form of business space, which is, in effect, the CIQ or, or perhaps Neepsend and Callum and all those sort of areas. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: D- diverse areas within, you know, meeting for a coffee distance yeah. for collaboration yeah. and, and yeah. spillover. And yeah. wrapped and around got a university universities. Wrap around yeah. them, absolutely. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's, that's, that's the conditions. And I think we've lost... Sight of that in our spatial thinking mm. and our spatial thinking perhaps has been more dominant than our economic thinking. And I think that, that has been the the sad um, uh, vacancy I've seen. The donut impact was, was around the economic development, place-based economic development mm. mm-hmm. rather than spatial led approaches, which
0: you know need unique, unique content at the end of the day. So, so, so you've, um, the CIQ agency is, yeah, Kind of it's morphed into Integrate Plus, which yeah. is a slightly different remit, and yes. you've moved out of the CIQ yes. into I'm a
1: sabbatical. Yeah, <laughs> I'm having a lovely sabbatical It's great.
0: Yeah. Should, we should all have you're, you're you know, fully 15 minutes walk across town. Yeah, I'm
1: in, uh, <laughs> I'm in Neep's the next era of. Uh, Kellam and Neepsend right. and all that area that's terrific um, opportunities and things going on there which is in effect a culmination of the sort of making of things area in transition, yeah. old industries, um, it's
0: been uh, sort of revitalised with new industries. Do you see what's happening in, in Kellam and Neepsend? End You know, as an equivalent to the CIQ, or do you think it happening more rapidly and better because the CIQ kind of stalled? Uh, Well, the
1: the key thing with the difference was that uh, Kellmers has 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 water. Yeah uh and bridges well, yeah. and we've got uh, the porter you just can't see it yeah <laughs> well there's a lot of things which the CIQ has to finish the course yes, has to finish in really. the public realm and its engagement with water and the bits of uh natural space and, and green infrastructure and all of that stuff um is the last bit yes and because the stalling since 2008 um of the recession and now those things are coming to pass those opportunities are there but the sort of master planning approach, which is more characteristic of the CIQ, hmm. isn't characteristic of, of Neepsend and uh, Mowbrich and all that is, area. Is it more it's, organic? Is it it so- is more organic. It is more private-led. Yeah. Um, it's had a, a light touch. Um, there are now signs of uh, Kelham Island Community Alliance and all those sort of <clears> initiatives <throat> around trying to get some management of spaces and areas even from the private, the housing, mm. all those sort of sectors coming together. this it's business. only just becoming more residential than it was. Yeah, and, uh, but it was always a mixed tenure, mm. far more mixed. Um, it was just slightly off the beaten track for student housing, mm. thankfully, mm. which meant that the Cornish Place and Brooklyn were... The very first examples of historical residences in the, in the city that was not student. Mm. Uh, the CIQ had Truro Truro Works, which was residential for students, but it was a cutlery works. Right. Had that been in Kelham, it would have been for sale for that, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, rather as than for students. Yeah. Um. So I, I do think it's a bit of a more entrepreneurial feel about mm. it. The need for a lot of young professionals moving in there. Yeah, there's yeah. there's there's a sense that people actually want to enjoy that landscape and that urban scape and um, are comfortable with it because it it's deemed to be authentic and yeah. it's deemed to be rooted in something and I think that's something to bear in mind when yeah. people start redeveloping bits off the dual carriageway going to the motorway networks. Um, you have to find um, the terroir, the actual yeah. you know, reality of what that place can bring and work with it as opposed
0: to… Um... Otherwise, it's not authentic. I mean, yeah. you know, I spent several years living in West Swindon. And, <laughs> I, <yeah. but> you've
2: <laughs> and you survived. My yeah. well,
0: you're <laughs> here I've now. seen what it's like you're, you're to live now, in a, a place that's five years old called Ramley's with a… Yeah. That's uh, pub so, in the middle called literally called the Village Inn. Yeah. That's the name of the pub. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. I,
1: yeah, I mean this is the problem with uh, with uh, anyway, so integrate CRQ and all that sort of stuff. Yes, we have developed because frankly our role has changed Mm. we were the regeneration vehicle we were a stakeholder organization our directors of the company was the site gallery the yorkshire art space showroom it was john mother's soul it was the vice chancellor of university hallam university all that sort of stuff Mm. all the people who had land interests in this space Mm -hmm. uh, were on the board So it was a you know community of interest stakeholder Mm organisation driving forward. Once the Creative Sheffield and the recession came along, that role changed, and we were either I was about to go into Creative Sheffield right uh, to be part of that. They were charged with developing and sustaining this sector,
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: but not the quarter as such, Mm -hmm. which was I think a mistake. Um, but the point is that we're still having discussions about lost opportunities. So I'll leave you to judge the success of that mm-hmm. process. But change was there. Mm-hmm. So um, we work across Yorkshire and Humber. Mm-hmm. We do architecture, design, planning, economic development with local authorities, communities, yeah. social enterprises, wherever, um, and whatever program. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so you're we're not you're rooted now, in Sheffield. No, you're a much broader agency now. Absolutely. Doing a wider Absolutely. range of work. Yeah. But all you know, so architectural and economic development and it, social, you know, it is, change it's, programs. It, it's there to provide capacity, which is what we've been talking
1: yeah. about, um, to communities whether they're starting to think about their place over the next 15 years for a neighbourhood plan or supporting the uh, design and, and building-based needs of a social enterprise mm-hmm. or we're working with whole Uh, bradford and various other local authorities to do their design skills for their place planners or members training for their planning committee members to actually understand the value of good design and the quality design Mm -hmm. we run the uh, yorkshire design review service which is um, uh, a review process for the planning uh, applications to actually test the quality design qualities of uh, of applications and schemes coming forward, uh, and they're peer reviewed, right. um, independent of local authorities and independent of the planning authorities' decision making. It becomes an advisory note, uh, the outcomes of that. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're very much immersed around the idea of place based economic development, design mm-hmm. qualities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you get visibility of lots of schemes.
0: Another Absolutely, place,
1: yeah. and uh, we, 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 we get to meet the players. Um, uh, like, uh, one of our recent, it was adopted in January this year, was the Wakefield Residential Design Guide. That was a fascinating exposure to working with developers, volume house builders, and small developers in a West Yorkshire uh, you know, city. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're doing the same with Bradford and Hull, you know, things like that. So I love that sort of being able to step out and it's not a step out into the CIQ, it's step out into Yorkshire. Um mm. and, and uh the team travel all over the mm. over the place. Cleafhoops, Grimsby, oh, yeah. um uh, our, our uh, current one of our current neighbourhood plans is for Tomberdan so we can work around food-centred yeah. you know approaches to Incredible um, edible yeah yeah absolutely so we're working with those people um and they're you know, they're very fine grain response to trying to survive Mm. and then prosper. Mm. And in a sense, all we're doing is adding a bit of technical capacity and and
0: encouragement. So there's a, there's a history of programs here as well. Cause I know, you know, you, you were involved with um, Sheffield Community Networks, um, which was what, you know, eight years ago now or something like that. Um, And then DMEX, which is digital media exchange, which is a follow on project. And, now uh, more recently um, sheffield social enterprise exchange um and yeah, companies like Pimaroni were kind of supported yeah. by community um, yeah, I mean, yeah. networks and um you know sheffield live and and things like that were supported by dmex and you know yeah. there's a, a lot of a lot of things that we see in our ecosystem mm-hmm. and kind of you know appreciate have come out of engagements through some of the programs mm-hmm. that you've been involved with
1: yeah, that's true uh uh well, and even before that, there was a program called Creative Exchange,
0: right. um, which
1: was about supporting across South Yorkshire communities who wanted to reinvigorate um, maybe workingmen's clubs or buildings of, of immense significance. Yes, yeah. Yeah, locally, um, community significance. Exactly, yeah. community significance, whether they were building a production or whatever that has a memory for that community that stood abandoned. Or needed refreshing. And that program was about introducing the value of cultural activities because that as a growth sector at that point, which is a good 20, 10 years ago plus, was one of the more transferable sectors of growth that could be um, worked with with a community Mm -hmm. you can't do that necessarily with advanced manufacturing Mm. or biomedical or all those other or necessarily digital yeah (laughs) to an extent digital um so those programs were there to create bridgeheads and connectors uh, and spaces where those things can happen and and, uh, communities can in effect be re re reanimated Mm. And reengage because don't forget a lot of the soul have been ripped out of yeah. the economic um, you know, ability of a place to yeah. survive yeah. and that self-worth had gone.
2: So we're the Sheffield Digital podcast oh, wow. and and a, a lot of our people who listen are working in digital and I guess my question for you is where's the place for digital in all of this uh, where Where does it fit? What's what else is needed? Where's the crossover?
1: Well, uh, the current program, Social Enterprise Exchange, um, is a Sheffield City Region program uh, Mm -hmm. as part of the Growth Hub. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It's European money, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's all of those programs were co-funded by europe or single part or government this social enterprise exchange unique uh, relatively uniquely digital media exchange was similarly is co-matched by the social businesses that are in the program in the consortium social enterprise exchange is a consortium of partners working across the city region so um uh Groundwork South Yorkshire, CRQ Agency, um, CMS, Sheffield Live, uh, and there'll be Barnsley uh, Voluntary Action, and all those sort of organizations came together to create some support, business support for uh, new start opportunities mm-hmm. in social businesses and existing social businesses who had perhaps come off core funding uh, or maybe been sort of a part of a community infrastructure. Um, that needed to rethink themselves. And, and now, of course, digital or CDI sector, as I used to know it as, certainly digital has become the core as opposed to just one of a set of mm-hmm. uh, areas. Where do the, uh, how do these organizations engage? Well, when they have stability. But some are really starting to engage with the new opportunities around digital, the different applications and platforms that it presents, the disruptive elements to it, the thinking around it in terms of opening up fresh fresh ideas of delivering services or delivering uh, opportunities for individuals or community organisations, the crowdfunding um, is one of the natural platforms that people have cottoned on because, in a sense, it's root route that you can energise yourself and it's easy access and it's easily understood. So, But I think there's lost opportunities. And Nesta mm. endlessly goes on about the lost opportunities and the lack of engagement by civic societies and all those sort of things. i noticed some recent blogs about that sort of stuff. And we don't do enough work with, obviously, digital, uh, new starts. And I know you've had, um, tickets for good. Yeah. Uh, with Rachel, yeah, Rachel and, on, yeah. um, we've got some, I do a little thing, but it's very modest, um, pay, uh, Sheffield pound. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. go for it. Fun. It's an app based physical go- Some of these are fledgling organizations, mm. fledgling businesses. Some are a little bit more advanced. Obviously tickets
0: for good mm. is out there doing it. Um, so, so there's, there's some of these, you know, organisations have digital at their core. They rely yeah. on technology yeah. to provide their service. Yeah, and then you've got all of these others that would benefit from being Absolutely. more digitally savvy yeah. and apply. But tools how do that we you take for granted? The question yeah. is,
1: how do they access yeah. those uh, resource? That resource, which is obviously, um, isn't necessarily. Mm. Um, funded to the nth degree i mean google garage was a positive mm. is it google garage or? Yeah. google digital garage yeah yeah that was good um but a sense those things are the private sector reaching out it's almost about mitigation of monopoly um implications and brand development to actually reach out and i think those are not to be you know supported microsoft stuff that the universities work with in terms of engaging but does that actually reach the social businesses out there in the neighborhoods where is the economic reach uh, inclusion agenda strategy that actually reaches to those organizations Mm. and i think for the next phase of social enterprise exchange that sort of area has to be uh, strengthened Um, especially if you start linking it more to the industrial strategy the uk industrial strategy mm. with the sector deals and things like that i think those sort of things we need to start aligning uh social businesses that are looking for stability reality you know you know moving away from being fragile mm. organizations yet some of those organizations have outlived some of the people who used to condemn them um <laughs> You know, you know. You look at the manor and castles. Yeah. the never thought that fort fought would now zest. And those those yeah, anchor organisations yeah. need to be supported because mm. through those routes, through those, and I hate the word hub, but through those places, they can actually uh, create the um, the welcome that uh-huh. people have the confidence to mm. walk through. This is what I call about economic inclusion. Mm. It's where people feel most comfortable should be where they access. The
0: skills of the future, yeah. So it's force not, them into the city centre. Well, to that's go right. Into, you know, and uh, as, as useful as Google Garage was, yeah. they quite rightly, and you know, after a suggestion I think from Rob Walker, built a bus and went out yeah. into the neighbourhoods and yeah. delivered their, you know, their. Yeah, and, and the BBC
1: used to do a very good yeah. media bus, yeah. And I don't see much evidence of that, but that was a really attempt to go out there and hmm. and not lose sight and the library opportunities. Yeah, you know, you should be plugging in. Yeah. So you want to go to play? Go to
0: Walkley Library. I mean, they've. Well, we have. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, know, one good. of the legacies we've got from, <laughs> from Google Digital Garage is that quite a few of the people that worked there and were involved in that for, you know, the best part of, what well, was a year, wasn't mm-hmm. it, are still here in the city yeah. and are still applying their trade here in the city. Um, but the funding's so gone. Who, but the funding's yeah. gone. Yeah. But, if, you know.
1: but that funding needs, it isn't about just a case of being a burden. It's actually creating the investment, which is then filtering through a range of key individual players or whatever or services into organizations um that need those type of skills to mm. just to just to think about mm-hmm. opportunities because mm-hmm. the development phase not only about efficiency productivity but we'll probably have to call it that but it's, it's the long-term investment of that type of intervention which is lost too often. You know, this thing—it has to be incremental. Those programs you described about European funding was incremental. Mm. Mm-hmm. They were exploring different things. Some of those people carried on to the next pipeline. Yeah,
0: um, I mean, and so social capability inter- built up over a long period of time. Well, they weren't just cut off.
1: That's right. I mean, you know, and they—they they were stimulated and moved on, and hopefully they came back and gave something back uh, to some of those uh, interventions. That's why places I get so angry about places like access space and and things that grew out of individuals, been there for years, struggled Mm. for years, and yet undervalued uh, for years. And a lot of that comes down to the sense of community before the the media bit or community before the fabrication or the digital. You know, there's something about uh, a value by economic development specialists or practitioners to recognise the value of community and the value of the economic opportunities around those to build resilience and to build capacity and Mm. and, uh, long term. I think
2: think the problem they have is it's very hard to measure. Yeah. And, you know, all the economic development people I talk to, it's very much about, well, how do we measure this? Mm.
0: Well, it's a narrative, isn't it? It's the narrative, I think, that's Mm. missing. I think if someone made a documentary about access space, I think the value would become much clearer.
2: yeah. yeah. That's a great
1: idea. Well, those sort of places were about self help, building confidence, building. It's around building around the human being and the person around people of self interest who've got some things, but they were creating a sense of community and, and these are words, words, words. But in a sense, what we're now striving for is a sense of all of that. And I do think that um, some of the f- aspects of the digital technologies and the sort of, shall we say, the worst excesses of the disruptive economy mm-hmm. is visiting negatively into the it's digital community. sector. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, look, just look at what's happened to Google yesterday, you know, the yeah. and the walkouts, you know, there we have organisations, massive monopolies, um... Clearly, should be the nineteenth-century equivalent of antitrust. Um, you know, should be this focus of antitrust legislation yeah. again, um, creating the same human problems as before. Mm. You know, disadvantage, abusive cultures, things like that. Yeah, they didn't start that way. No. You know.
2: So perhaps to wrap up, a good thing might be to ask you about your hopes for the future and the kind of vision that you've got for particularly for Sheffield and for our local economy.
1: Yeah, more brewers <laughs>
0: no, I mean, do we, we have more we, than anywhere else we're
2: beer city already I think aren't no, no,
1: we <laughs> no, but but I, I was more I, hipsterism I, is what yeah, you but mean no, <laughs> more beers
0: more, more beers. places <laughs> like more places <laughs> like public like yeah. just you know just one best place to drink in the yes, whole country I mean,
1: for god's sake was the last time Sheffield was at the heart of the Observer food that's astounding uh, uh, isn't it
0: yeah. fantastic
1: but I mean I do think the artisan brewing is a, is, is a recognition of what Sheffield's good mm. it's a small producer Who's rediscovering or building on skills and and re-energizing opportunities around that and creating opportunities? Uh, And it's and in a sense it comes back to what we had with the CIQ. It's all about rethinking about production, which is all about making. And what have we had for the last few years? We're all the city of makers. Somehow we've never been, we've never not been a city of makers. Mm. Um, But somehow we'll rediscover it for the next. Mm. Um, cohort as it were Um, so I think um, the recognition that the artisan the maker, the producer should be at the heart of Sheffield's uh, future development and the uh, growth of indigenous business is what will ultimately be the driver for Sheffield you've got to understand your terroir you understand your place, you understand the people and your people will create the value and if we keep chasing our tails for inward investment opportunities, um, Boeing's a great example, McLaren's a great example, but they can go anywhere. But the things that c- create a flavour of the place and rediscover that place is what you, as digital uh, association or trade entities or whatever, should be looking at and supporting. So your members should reflect on the fact that you're rooted in Sheffield. Mm-hmm and not lose sense of that, mm-hmm. and not, um, well, how can I put that no, delicately, no, not. not crap in your own backyard. <laughs> and if you're creating <laughs> employment patterns and, uh, you know, you, you're seeing, you know, amazing Discussion in the Guardian today or the BBC around Doncaster and the growth of jobs, but yeah. most of those jobs are ones are going to be impacted by robotics and uh, artificial intelligence. Yeah, Logistics. so they've 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 regained all the uh, thirty six thousand jobs in terms of the coal mining industry to be replaced by very fragile jobs, and and community built on fragility mm. is ultimately what we shouldn't be really striving for. And you know, call it real living wage, or whatever wage. If that's the sands under which you're building the foundations for your next economic future, then you're in for a nightmare. Yeah. But building on skills and aligned to course, sectors that come out of what Sheffield's got. Will will be helpful, and the universities are starting to do that. Yeah. I think Vanessa, yeah. Tooman did some great stuff about reengineering, or well, that's what she claims, reengineering the university's civic engagement strategy, which I am sure she did. Yes, uh, and the univers- Hallam are now, you know, in the van, you know, in the slipstream of that, starting mm. to think about its place. Uh, it used to be around just taking over the quarter
0: for its own campus, but now it's. Sharing it mm-hmm. yeah 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 we see things like you know 108 the more, and the the, yes, the, university, the architecture department projects. is involved yeah. in yeah. that's you know there are other the idea of the urban room. of these, yeah. these youth or community engagement spaces where they can learn new skills and mm-hmm. where there's a platform for taking those skills or converting their skills into products or services and taking them to market and it's entrepreneurial and there's the, the, the
1: entrepreneurial it's great. It needs to be applied over time. Mm-hmm. And if there's a way in which those engagement with those communities can be built incrementally and built on, so it's not just a one-bam, you know, six weeks jamboree, but it can build on and build on so that community can come back and build on because, you know, that's what it needs so the student experience drive for creating live projects and all those things, absolutely brilliant for yeah. one party. Let's make sure it's consistently applied
0: for all parties overall. That's crazy utopian long-termism, Richard. I know, I know. We love it. I don't care.
2: We love a bit of utopianism <laughs> around I don't, I don't here.
1: Care. I don't care. The university can manage that process. Yeah. The students can't, or necessarily the community can't. But the university can yeah. And it can build opportunities for student engagement and meet its core needs and help community uh, development. So I don't care. And I'm not going down that utopian nonsense. <laughs> it can be done.
2: That feels like a really good place to wrap it all up. Yeah. It can be done, folks. Thank you very much, Richard. You're yes. welcome.
0: Thanks for talking to us. Yeah, great. loving it. Cheers. So we're
2: recording this without our usual supervision from ian which (laughs) means it's probably even more rambly and convoluted than normal (laughs) watch out apologies to our listeners and apologies to ian who has to edit this later
0: (laughs) right uh we've got some updates i think we've got that much to talk about but we'll see
2: a few few quick things we'll try and be disciplined and keep it short famous last words (laughs)
0: All right. Okay. You start then. What's the I'll first one?
2: I'll um, start. So everybody probably knows this now, but we're delighted that uh, Spaces at Acero have come on board as a regional partner. Is it
0: Acero or Acero?
2: I've no idea.
0: I call it Acero because I like
2: Chris calls like aces. It, it, it's a scone-scone kind of question, <laughs> isn't it? Anyway.
0: Acero sounds like an ass and <laughs> Acero sounds like an ace.
2: <laughs> this is going to go on forever, isn't it? So Spaces at Acero which is the newest building on the digital campus. Um, Sounds
0: pretentious when you say
2: does it. does sound pretentious. I always sound pretentious. Um, but anyway, it's a lovely space. There's a lo- lovely blog post about it up on our website if you want to find out more. And they are keen to attract Sheffield Digital members and people from our community into user space. Yes. And there is a discount available That's right. if you say that you're from Sheffield Digital and you're inter- interested in taking up that offer. Yes, uh, Spaces is also available for meetups, but at the moment they are charging. So just as a heads up, um, if you go to speak to Heidi about that, she will probably look to charge. Um, we might have a conversation with them about that. Uh, but let's see how things go. Do give us feedback on what you think about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, next thing is Meta meetup, yeah. Um, so we ran the third meta meetup two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Um it was great. Um I've uh we published a big write up about it all. Um so the stuff that that I was talking about in terms of how Sheffield Digital is supporting meetups, uh the stuff that Heidi was talking about about how Spaces is supporting meetups in the community and the Digi Spaces. digi DigiX Spaces, isn't it? I'm not sure how you pronounce
2: DigiX it. DigiX Spaces or Yeah. it's what she's calling digi. her event series series. the first one should be sometime in december that's right just waiting for that
0: Uh, about it's a machine learning one i think yeah so um so her um her desire is to work with different meetups each quarter to help uh curate the program and and you know spaces will will spring for external speakers to to come and to come and give talks
2: yeah, so, so I think it looks quite promising. That's, that's exciting because hopefully we can get some people in mm. from outside the city who we've always wanted to come mm. and speak here and, and haven't been able to get them. So again, if you've got suggestions for themes or for speakers you'd really like to hear from, do let us know so we can feed that through to Heidi. Yeah,
0: or, or go direct. I mean, I've go heard direct. her contact details yeah. in the post. Um, and then we also heard from Tom Wolfenden who was talking about um, what Sheffield Technology Parks offer and the Cooper Project. And the fact that there's, you know, they're offering six months free space to startups um, who want to base themselves there, and and a range of other support things, um, and and they're, you know, they they work on a slightly different model to places like Spaces and Collider when Collider opens. In that, um, Sheffield Technology Parks is a not for profit. Uh, and is really predicated on very early stage startups. So converting ideas, and I've had conversations with Tom about um, basically have, like running a, an incubator or an, or an accelerator program, even for people who've got side projects. You know, so maybe they could be seconded from their day job for you know a certain amount of time mm-hmm. um, to develop a side project, develop a new idea, and see if there's a there's a business in it. Um, so I think I think that's a really nice, you know place to take up within the ecosystem of providing that
2: yes i I think there is a gap that sheffield technology Mm. parks is ideally placed to fill
0: yeah and they also offer their boardroom for meetups for free for up to about 30 people Mm -hmm. seated and theater style um so really yeah they're they're kind of they're seeding some of these other places so people you know could spend six months there and then move into spaces or move into collider yeah um and then we had we had lots of uh like open um, space discussions about topics relating to running meetups. Um, And people took notes and I published all those notes. Uh, And then there's also uh, some stuff in the post about the meetup directory that we're building at the moment. And, Mm. you know, that's kind of coming along.
2: Yeah. And we have also finalized the code of conduct. So there is now a Sheffield Digital kind of template code of conduct yeah. for meetups and event organizers, which you are more than welcome to use and or adapt as you see fit. You can find it on the website under events if you want to yes. find the link to it.
0: Yeah. Is it, is it there
2: already? Is, it's there, okay, yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, so the, the code of conduct is the one that we abide by. So it's our code of conduct for the events that we organize. It's also a template for other events to take on. Um, But but one of the things it provides, as well as a a code of conduct generally, is the option for people to escalate issues to us if they don't want to address it with the event organisers directly for whatever reason. So we kind of provide that as an additional kind of safety backstop, if you like.
2: Yeah. Okay. So we were talking a little bit about startups and that kind of thing. I wanted to remind everybody there's still time to register for Startup Weekend, which is in the middle of November, and there is I've just spotted if you go in the front end channel on Slack, there's a discount code that's been posted there so you can get 20% off your ticket price as oh, well. Really? <laughs> um another thing that's still open for applications is Y Accelerator which is the accelerator program run out of Rotherham yep. and supported by British Steel Enterprise. I think that's what they're still called. Yeah. Um, so, again, that one's still open. And quite a few local companies, including Slanted Theory, have been, been through, through Y Accelerator mm. and uh, speak very highly of it. So do take a look at that. I've also just heard this week about um, KPMG's tech business competition um, and they have sent us across some details. So Ian will be um, posting all of that up on the website quite soon. So that's another national tech business competition that's worth looking at. Cool,
0: yeah. And, and there's the, the Cooper Project mm-hmm. offer as well. So there's quite a... F- yeah. And obviously Collider. So there's quite a lot of startup-oriented activity as we mentioned last podcast
2: yes yeah okay having uh we keep taking ian's name in vain but i wanted to give another shout out to say we're still looking for uh, writers who would like to help create content for our website Um, So what we're trying to do is get to a point where Ian sort of becomes our managing editor and we have a pool of uh, different people who are writing. Contributors. Contributors. That's a lovely word. Um, And we do pay, uh, not top whack because we can't quite stretch to it, but we're not asking people to work for free. So if you're interested in contributing to Sheffield Digital, please get in touch via info at sheffield.digital. Yeah.
0: Yeah, especially if you want to, um, you know, write about some aspect of the ecosystem, write about a company, you know, give us an insight into the people and the history and and you know its work and those kind of things. I
2: yeah, think, anything you know. that you think is going to be of interest to the community, and you can see the sorts of stuff we publish by having a good old nosy round the website. I'm also hoping quite soon that I'll be able to post an opportunity for someone to support me with all the admin work that. Mm. Uh, sheffield digital now comes with uh we're so successful that there's too much stuff to do now um and again this would be um a paid opportunity ideally for a freelancer Uh, we're not able to actually employ somebody but if there's someone out there who has a freelance um virtual assistant or um personal assistant type business and who would be interested in helping me making sure that i's are dotted and t's are crossed Mm. uh Keep your um, eyes on the website and we'll get something up soon.
0: Should maybe put it on our job board.
2: Uh, yeah, I'll probably <laughs> do that too.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, what else is there to
2: talk about? There's the Arr the Arr, Festival. Yeah, the
0: Pirate Festival. <laughs> it sounds like it should be... It
2: does sound like a Pirate it, Festival, but yeah. it really isn't.
0: It so should come out of Pimeroni, shouldn't <laughs> Um Yeah, so it's the... It's the uh, it, It's either the AR City Festival or the R City Festival, um, depending on who you speak to. Um, But it's a new two-week festival that's proposed for next year. That's come out of um, 108 The Moor. I don't know if people are aware, but 108 The Moor opened back in the summer, I think. Um, And it's basically it's a a space that has come come about through Renew, I believe, which is. Um, this organization that um, looks to um, convert and put into use uh, unused um, retail spaces around the city that Vanessa Toulmin set up Mm. a few years ago based on a model from Australia. Um, And it's in the old post office at the bottom of the moor. And it's run by um, a social enterprise called Alfie. um, And uh, by um, Zach Ahmed runs that. Um, and he and, uh, Angakara were set up learn, create, Cell, which is, uh, it's like a, um, a engraving and laser cutting workshop, um, that gets people in long, long-term unemployment kind of, you know, new digital manufacturing or, you know, small scale, um, Making skills um, and provides a vehicle for selling the, the products that they make. Um, so they they've been working for a while out of a, a little unit on Air Street, a few years. Um, and we, I think we, we featured them a couple of years ago at the platform, and mm-hmm. you know they're one of the maker spaces, and they're still going, and they've all moved to one hundred and eight the more. But one hundred and eight the more is now about a lot more stuff, and one of the things that they've done is. Um, they do youth engagement there and they've been working with some technologists and people from Sheffield university's architecture department um, to basically do, do sort of Sheffield playable cities. So these are kind of interactive um, technology enabled um, experiences that have been designed for people to engage with around the city. Um, and they've kind of come up with, about, I think 13 concepts as part of like a six week um program that they've just finished and there's 13 ideas that have been concepted and three of those have been prototyped and they're they're looking to basically convert this into a two-week festival in 2019 to make these things at scale and to get the general public kind of playing with the city so some of it's about making stuff visible, some of it's really like fun stuff, like how uh, you know, various parts of the city, um where there are benches, have got loads of pigeons. So what if we had like projected virtual animals and speakers? embedded in the environment that would chase the pigeons away you know if we can have cameras that detect the pigeons when they alight you know and then creatures that run out at them and and try and scare them away to kind of fantastic i love
2: that it's it's great
0: there's (laughs) all these ideas they've turned them into these really nice uh, like concept um drawings like uh, illustrations Mm. um and you can just you can kind of hear when you read the little descriptions the kind of creativity that's come from these young people um so so yeah I it's like a really really nice initiative and it's really going to be fun to see how it pans out um but obviously I mean they need support and if anybody wants to get involved in it if anybody wants to uh, you know provide some some tech support um but especially if companies want to get involved and want to maybe sponsor an experience or get involved in building an experience um Uh we'll probably be writing it up pretty Mm -hmm. soon, but Mm -hmm. um get in touch with me or get in touch with 108 the more, get in touch with Zach directly. Um it's yeah, it's it's a really cool thing to see happen. Yeah,
2: I think that's paging the VR meetup right there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and anyone I mean you know there's. I think there's a lot of resources in the city that the kids aren't yet aware of that they could interact with so there's yeah. a lot of city data being generated um, there's a lot of kind of IOT movement tracking and stuff that actually exists in the city already um, that really can be made available um, for people to use it's not, mm. not you know it's not necessarily proprietary or commercially sensitive it's not individually identifiable data it's you know it, it's there to be used as innovation resources if it could be made available as such.
2: Awesome. So I think that's it on the updates. Yep. I can't think of anything else. Um, so we'll move on and do the what's happening this month. Okay. Okay. So I've got the calendar in front of oh, me. Okay, good. I'm going to whiz through it. Um, so Tuesday, the 6th of November, Sheffield R user group and .NET Chef meetups. Wednesday the 8th, uh, Institute of Coding monthly talk. And this time it's a gentleman from IBM, which should be really interesting. It's worth checking out these new monthly talks from Institute of Coding Mm. um, and maybe keeping an eye on them on Eventbrite, because I usually only get the emails quite late on. Are they going into our calendar? They are going into... Well, when when I get the email, they're going to the the, calendar, but they're a little bit slow in letting us know. But I think you can... Keep an eye on them on Eventbrite. Um, Sheffield Digital Marketing Meetup and Sheffield DevOps Meetups are also on the eighth. Um, on Saturday the tenth, Dark Peak Data—I well, can't say dark Peak Data Cooperative. I don't know who they are, but they're having a co-op day. This looks quite cool. Let me have a look. It's at Electric Works. Dark Peak is a user-run cooperative providing hosted open source software for the benefit of our members. The co-op day is when we get together to share knowledge, improve our services, and make decisions. Non-members welcome who are interested in learning more. Yeah, check it out. Sounds good. Uh, what else have we got happening in November? Okay, on the Monday the 12th, Sheffield Tech Leadership are having one of their get-togethers, and also DEF CON Sheffield is having its second meetup. Great. Um, And then Friday the 16th is um, Freelancer Friday at Sheffield Tech Parks and Deeper Than Blue Business Analytics Forum. Mm -hmm. Um, Moving on, uh, November the 20th, Tuesday, November the 20th, Sheffield Women in Tech are having a uh, meetup. They're hoping to run them bi monthly, and there will be a couple of different talks from members of the group. It'll just be informal and fun and interesting. Um, hope to see lots of people there. That'll be at uh, the Tech Parks. And the 21st of November is Code Up Sheffield. 28th of November, G Suite User Group and 29th of November, Front End Sheffield. If I haven't read you out, it's because you're not on the calendar. You know what you need to do. Go to the website, click on events, click on how do I add my stuff to the calendar and get on there. A reminder as well, Geek Brecky is every Friday, although appears not to be on the calendar. Oh, she said looking at, looking at Chris, <laughs> oh. so um, Chris will that. fix that. Yeah. And um, also Collider will have its last Friday, which I assume will be on the 30th. Yes. Given that that's the last Friday of the month.
0: Another thing to, um, that we should get on the calendar um, is all the stuff that Layla Johnson is curating. Yes, the
2: site gallery, the site gallery. very cool stuff.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and also, are we doing a platform? Yes. in November. We are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just freaked. Chris is like, I oh, know something else I've got to do. Yeah. Um, more details on that will follow <laughs> shortly, folks.
0: I think. I think it will be the last. uh, last thursday in the month i believe but i need to check with tom
2: yeah we'll check the date and uh let you know more and put it on our calendar yes for sure (laughs) okay uh quick update on uh members uh big thank you to the guys at razor who've now joined us as members um I'll say about time, Jamie, (laughs) just because he'll expect me to say that on the podcast. So that's a nice message. And also, um, we have another large organization in the city uh, coming on as a company member. And I had hoped to be able to announce them today, but probably will be next week so keep an eye on the website because we're really pleased to have this particular organization on board we'd also like to say a big thank you to our new individual members Alexandre renard uh ian daniel and let me just check in case there's anyone else who isn't on this list she said waiting for the website to wind up um conal blackett if we didn't get you last time thank you very much um yes, please join us. We love to have you on board. The more happy faces on our website, the better.
0: Yeah. Till next time.
2: Thanks a lot, everybody. Oh, don't forget to subscribe.
0: Yes. On uh, Ian, whatever. Can say this stuff.
2: Ian can do this. We need we'll to, we we'll need leave to this something. to Ian. We're gonna shut up now. Yeah, Bye.
0: Bye.